Well, praise the Lord and God bless you this evening and welcome to the Tabernacle Deliverance Incorporated. We're right on our new location, 35 South Middletown Road. Now you went to New York. 10954. I just want to let you know that God is still doing miracles in the same old way. He's still saving. He's still delivering. He's still breaking yokes and he's still making ways out of no way. So I'm excited about what God is doing tonight. Bow your head for one moment. Father, we thank you for this time. We magnify you for your greatness. We adore you for the many things you've done, oh God. We thank you for what you're getting ready to do and what you're going to do in the future, oh God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Get your Bible. Amen. It's just a blessing to know God. It's a blessing to be saved. And it's a blessing to know that God can do anything but fail. But the one of the things I've learned about God, he's a way maker. He's a deliverer. He's a yoke breaker and a burden bearer. It's a blessing. Amen. Now, this old uh, the song that I normally sing every Sunday, well, sometime on Sunday. And um, that song is just ringing. I hear it. And it's, uh, um, oh my goodness, I almost forgot the song. <laughs> um, the song is, um, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's the song? Um, uh, um, what's the name of the song? <laughs> I don't forgot the song. <laughs> uh, um, oh, Jesus, this is one of those days I don't forgot the song. Uh, um, I don't forgot the song. Let's get into the word and it'll come back to me. <laughs> get your Bible and go with me to 1 John 3 and 1. 1 John 3 and 1. And let's talk about what the Lord has to say about family. We're talking about family part two because last, uh, last month we did family part one. But I want to talk to you about family part two. And I want to talk to you about what God is doing for family today. Amen. Above all, for the family of God and what God is doing today. All right, First John, we're going into First John chapter, uh, um, First John chapter three and verse one. Getting used to different broadcasting sometimes is a little funny. Okay, First John three and one. The Lord is still doing business in the same old way. When we talk about family, family is something that some people know about. Some people have family and some people don't have family. Some people are the last of their generation and they're, they're the last of their kind. And uh, I heard a story of a family that got killed on the highway. The entire family was wiped out in the van. The entire family. So there's no more lineage of that family. There's nobody else in that family. But one of the things I've learned about family that it deals with a legacy. It deals with a heredity. It deals with um, DNA being passed down from one group to the next. So I want to talk to you tonight about family. First John 3 and 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, 
The world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Let me read it again. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that he should call that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Now that's something interesting to think about because we deal in life, we deal in jobs, we deal in businesses, and uh, we talk with people, and they just don't understand when you talk to them about God. They can't seem to grasp it when you talk to them about God. They can't seem to get a hold of what you're really saying about God. You tell them that God is love, and that God is a savior, and that God is a way maker, but they're so blinded to the world, family, that they have no insight on what God family is about. They don't have no insight about who God is and what he's capable of doing because they never experienced God for themselves. This is one of the most important things about family. If you notice, if you go to someone's house, let's say they have a barbecue, when you go to their house, well, most of them before the pandemic outbreak, you went to uh, somebody's house and have a, a, a barbecue and all the family together, but you notice something different that you feel kind of outside, even though you're a friend of somebody that's there. But you notice the whole family's having a good time together. Why? What is the reason the family's having a good time together? Because they like to get together. That's the thing about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is together. It's about everybody getting together and rejoicing and praising and magnifying God. But the world The world has no idea what family is when it comes down to God. They may have an idea what earthly family is, but there's something about earthly family. Everybody don't love everybody. All families don't love everybody. All families don't. Well, I can speak from personal experience from my own family. Some family members feel they're better than other family members. Now, come on, somebody. Some family members think they're better than somebody else. I'm better than you. So, this brings us to a thing about family. True family is from God. You see, there's a difference when you look at family according to what people say. Oh, this is my cousin. This is my brother. But the Bible tells us, listen to this, there's a friend that's as close as a brother. And it don't have to be your relative. It's a friend that's your friend of somebody else that has been there, but this person can stick closer to the old family member. Everybody says just Jesus Christ. That's not true. That's not biblical. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. It could be somebody that got close to you and they love you more than your family loves you. They don't go out their way where you would do more than your family would do for you. Is that something? That's a friend sticking closer than a brother when a brother won't do. And I can testify to that. I remember many years ago, I was trying to get this car. I couldn't get no friends. No matter of fact, no relatives wanted to co-sign for me. I had a friend that worked on my job. He said, Bernard, if I got the credit, you got the car. This is a friend. It's not a family member. I've only known this guy maybe two and a half years. Now, I got family. I know Not a soul wanted to co-sign. This is what God said. You're the friend. Let's get closer to family. So this tells you something about family. Every family is nothing like God's family. Did you hear what I said? Every 
Epstein family has nothing in connecting with God's family. Because we want We may go to different religious organizations. We may uh, live in another state. But when we are saved, we're one. One family. One family. You may be the arm. Somebody else may be the leg. Somebody may be the toe. But we're one family. The family of God is unique. Because we have one father. Millions and millions of us for one father. That's something to think about. That is something so unique to think about that we have one father, but yet it's millions of children. This scripture tells us. Listen to what this scripture says. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be what called the children of God. That we should be called the sons of God. That's something to think about. That's great. We're loyal. We're loyal with God's side. We're not just any old thing. I know many people that walk around saying they say they walk with their head down and feel all discouraged and all beat up. But that's not what God says about his family. That's not what God says about his children. He doesn't say you're supposed to be all beat up. And walking all this through. No, that's not what God did. God had always had a plan for man, but man doesn't want that plan. We want our plan. We want it our way or no way. Come on, everybody say that. Just what I want to do. But God says, I have a way that no man can go over. This is what God has said. I have a way that no man can overrun. No man can overrun. But we try. We're going to do what we want to do. We're not going to do it the way God says do it because it's not appealing to us. In fact, God's family comes through being bloodwashed. Now, being bloodwashed in Christ Jesus means you have to accept Christ. And it also means that you got to be willing to allow Christ to direct you. That's something earthly family doesn't have to deal with. Because when, they, they, when, when some family members turn 18, they leave home. They want out. They don't want to be around mommy. They don't want to be around their brothers. They want their own life. But the Bible told us when we get saved, we gain a life in Christ Jesus. We gain a life that's of us. In Christ Jesus. That's very, very important. That's very important that we understand we gain a life in Christ Jesus. It's important to understand that the life we live speaks for us louder than all the words we can say. We can run around and tell everybody, oh, Jesus loves you, but the life you live speaks louder than all the words you'll ever say with your mouth. It's true. Some people say, well, I, I, I go to church and I'm going to church and just now I'm not to talk about being a part of the family of God. Being a part of the family of God has nothing to do with a religious organization. I went to one of the biggest churches in New York. At that time, it was the first mega church in the state of New York. Thousands of people. Thousands upon thousands of people. My pastor preached his heart out. Now, little light before God. 
Do you think all thousands of people knew God? No. They were there for the excitement. They were there for the thrill. They never took the time to really, really find out who God was going to yes. So when he passed away, you might as well say they passed away too. They were gone in the wind. They didn't know what to do. They had no salvation of their own. You see, what happens is people get what I call church salvation. They were church salvation. Well, they become part of a family of a religious organization, but they never became part of God's family. It's easy to become part of a, a religious organization because you just not really proud of you. Okay, they have all white Sunday. Oh, you go on a mother's border. You become a deacon or you know, something so people in the building to know who you are, blah, blah, blah. But they never became a part of God's family. We have people that work in the kitchen. They're working their way to heaven. I remember I used to hear it all the time about people working their way to heaven. Now, I'm always trying to figure out how can you cook your way to heaven? Nobody cooks their way to heaven. Nobody sings their way into heaven. Nobody preaches their way into heaven. Nobody, nobody. You got to become part of the family. If we're not part of the family, listen to this. Jesus said, if any man come any other way, he's a what? A thief? And a robber. And he said, No people robber will enter into the kingdom of God. It makes people upset because they say, Well, I'm a good person. I treat everybody right. That had nothing to do with salvation. Nothing at all. You say, What do you mean? Being a good person had nothing to do with being solid to do with salvation. Let's talk about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a ruler during the time Jesus walked the earth. And Nicodemus was confused. He knew the scrolls better than anybody else. But he was never part of God's family. Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, what are you talking about, man? Am I going to enter my mother's womb a second time? Because he wasn't part of God's family. He was part of his mother's family. His relative's family. But he was never part of God's family. Being part of God's family is unique. Because it requires everybody do the same thing to be a family member. Regular family do not require that everybody do the same thing. Did you know that? It's interesting. I have brothers and sisters, a lot of brothers and sisters on my father's side, lots and lots and lots. But we don't all require to do the same thing. We don't even have to talk to each other which most of us don't. We don't have to talk to each other. We don't have to call each other. We don't have to say nothing to each other. So, oh, that's my brother. In fact, here's a shocker. I met one of my brothers online. <laughs> so, in reality, we don't have to do nothing on earth with family. After you turn 18, people leave. Some girls get married to get out of the house. They just get up and go. They want out. I had, a, I had a relative like that. That was her state that it backfired on her because she thought it was going to be everything once she left. But when she found out when she left, it wasn't what she thought it was. No. But this is the thing about God's family. He doesn't reject his family. 
He said, with love, with, with love and kindness am I growing you. And he had everlasting love for his family. Don't Israel. The original people rejected them. They did what they wanted to do, but he still loved them. He still loved them, but they did love him. They liked him. See, it's the difference about family or the earthly family is God. God's family loves you. The earthly family, they just like you. So they have to. You ever heard somebody say, I know I'm saying, I, I can't hate them. They're telling you they really don't want nothing to do with them at all. They're not saying, they, in so many ways, they really say, I can't stand them. I really, I really know them. But with God's true family, there's nobody in heaven that way. Heaven is a wonderful place. I'm a son of somebody else. Heaven is a wonderful place. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But heaven is comprised and put together for family. You have to be a family member. And it's unique. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Everybody wants eternal life. Everybody wants joy. Nobody wants to be lost. Come on. I, I haven't met nobody. That person said, I want to be lost. I, I'm not a Jew. I just want to burn for eternity. I've never met nobody. I don't know if y'all. I've never met nobody that said that. But everybody wants to go to heaven. Because heaven sounds really nice. Sounds like a really fancy place. A really, I mean, oh my goodness, a mind all place better than here. How many of y'all heard somebody say, this place is, this is hell here. How many, how many of y'all said that? Come on, everybody heard somebody say that. This is hell. Uh, come on, many people go, this is hell. Amen. But you ain't never heard nobody say, this is heaven. <laughs> you don't hear people say, because they can't compare it to here. They can't compare heaven to here. Because heaven is a glorious place. Amen. But heaven is a place for a family that has been bloodbought. Heaven is a place that's different than earth. There ain't no dying in heaven on earth, family die. Did you hear that? In heaven, there is no death going on. And there's a big giant family. But here is death. It's inevitable. You're not getting away from it unless the Lord snaps you away. do to become God's family? What are we willing to do to really, really, really become part of God's family? I'm not talking about church people get this crossed up that God is a church building. He's not. People get mad with me and say, oh, don't say that. God is not a church building. He's never been a building. He told them in the Old Testament he wanted somewhere to dwell. He never told nobody he was a building. So people go to church building and think that that's where God is. That's not true. God goes with you when you live right. When you are saying God goes where you go, therefore you're not going to where you're not supposed to go. That's the difference. The difference with God is he's not a building. He may dwell in a building and he said he would dwell in us. If we allow him to, he will dwell in us and become part of our life and we become part of him because why? He's our father. 
A father, a true father, gets involved in his children's lives. As a true, a true father, the heaven that a true father is involved in his children's well-being and what his children are doing and what his children are saying. He's concerned about what happened. Yeah, yeah. Come on, somebody listen to me. He's concerned about what we say, what we do. Oh. Many people don't realize how real God is. Yeah, yeah. Many people don't even know that God is omnipresent. He's consistently available to us. He is concerned about his family. He's concerned about the whereabouts of his family. He's concerned about what we do and what happens to us. Yeah, yeah. I want to give you another scripture. Go with me to Numbers 36 and 6. Numbers 36 and 6. Look at that verse. It says, this is the thing which the Lord doeth command concerning the daughters of Zebedahad, saying, let them marry to whom they think is best. Listen to this. Only to the family of the tribe of their father shall they marry. Now that's interesting. Is telling them you cannot be saved and go out into the world and marry somebody. The world would expect them to accept you. Not going to happen. The Bible says, Come out from amongst men, be you separate, say, God, and I will receive you unto myself. God wants us to come out and be separated from the world. When we marry, we are to marry in the church of the living God. I'm not talking about cult style stuff. I'm talking about marrying into that family of God. So we remain the family of God. It's a big difference. But today, I've heard, uh, uh, some time ago, I heard one woman say, I don't trust God's judgment, so I'm going to go get my own husband. Well, if I was her, I would have never said that because God heard it. First of all, she insulted God, so he's going to go let her go do her own thing. But remember, when does ask the strength? She really shouldn't call him because he's not obligated to help. That's the difference with God. He's not obligated. You reject him and do what you want to do. You don't have to. You don't have to obey God. But however, have you ever heard somebody say, Jesus Christ, why me? Oh, God, why did you let this happen? Everybody thinks. But yet some of them same people, they say it out of saying it. But don't know God. They all say, Oh God, how could you let this happen to me? And God is saying, What are you talking about? I didn't do that. They did that. I didn't do that. Family can be conniving and deceitful, but God's family's not. Family can be deceptive. All right? Listen to that. Everybody know about story like a relative of the mother died or the father died, and they had land and property. Well, 
one brother or sister want everything. I want it. I want it. I want it. I can get everything. But they say, no, that's not what the will say. No, I want it. It's mine. That's family on earth. The difference with us as God's family, we share. We care for one another. We pray for one another. Earthly family generally don't do that. It's about me, myself, and I. And uh, if they have children, and my children, they ain't thinking about their brothers and sisters now. They only thinking about their family, their immediate family, their husband, their wife, their children. That's it. But God's family, tell me about God's family. Are you a part of it? Being a part of God's family had many, 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 many blessings. One scripture, I was talking to a pastor last night, and we were talking about something God's doing, and while I was praying for him last night, the Lord showed him something about what was going on with him. And how God was breaking the yokes and unlocking the chains on him. I, I didn't do it. I'm just praying. He's the one telling me what God was doing. But the thing about family with God, the scripture says, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither have it anything to the hearts of men. The things that God prepared for them that love him. God told them in this scripture, and not me, not to marry nobody in the world. Marry only within the family of God. But we are determined to do what we want to do. We're going to go out and do what we want to do. And when disaster comes, here we come. But the truth is, he's not obligated. He's like, yeah, he's going to know. There's nowhere in the Bible it said that God is obligated to do anything for us when we walk outside of his will. When we walk outside of his will, we're on our own. We are actually all in a row. We ain't going about our own business. But then when disaster strikes, we want God to come running to our aid. I want one person say, oh God, don't send the angels, come yourself. He ain't coming to the work But people get mad with God, they get upset. Now, let's take this elevator for example. There's a sign on the elevator says, the elevator is very very slow here. Folks, anybody in y'all that ever come to visit us while we have a service here? The elevator is very slow. I mean slow. A snail could get up stairs faster than the elevator comes up here. <laughs> it's so slow. It goes like this. Mm -hmm. now, any of y'all that ever seen a bionic man, that he's real fast. Well, the elevator is slower than the snail. It gets up there. You go here, go, and then boom. And you arrived. The first time I got on the elevator, I thought I was stuck because I didn't think it was moving. <laughs> I'm first help, help. And I realized when I got downstairs, I seen the sign says, the sign says, the elevator is very slow. It moves like molasses. But it don't say molasses. And this is how some of us are. We move slow into a point where God can't really do anything for us. This is the thing about the family of God. He wants us to follow what he says. He wants us to do what he says, and he rewards us. Now, let's take, let's, let's think about for a moment, earthly family. Let's take children. Children know 
when they could get something from their parents. All of us knew I used to scam when I was a kid to get stuff, my mother would do stuff. My sister, one of my sisters, I always call her the greatest liar who ever lived. She could lie her way out of anything. Absolutely, with nothing she could lie her way out. I could never lie straight. So I gave it up. I couldn't lie straight. That I got beat when I told the truth, and I got beat when I lied. So I figured, why don't I? I'm getting beat anyway. You just tell the truth. So I want to give you an example of how family is. One day, me and my sister, I know we're getting into stuff, but my mother's not home. So we all doing our own thing, but we were told not to go downstairs. So <clears throat> we went downstairs, and my sister started cutting up, and guess what she did? She stuck her head in the banister. Yes, you know, those banisters, that when you come down, she stuck her head in that wooden banister. Well, now I was excited. Y'all said, why are you excited? You have no clue the excitement that was going to take place. Amen. Why? Because now my family, my sister, the greatest liar who ever lived in my day, my book, was now unable to lie her way out. She couldn't lie her way out of being stuck in the banister. So she said, but God, help me, help me. Why? Check this out, y'all. Listen to this. If I had broke the banister, she was going to blame me. Then I broke it. She's not going to say her head was stuck in it. So I left it until my mother came. Boy, what victory that was to see her get bust up. It was a victory to see her get bust up. Why? Because she couldn't lie her way out and say I did it. Because she was trying to say that I caused her head to get stuck in it. And my mother didn't buy it. But what's that? My mother didn't buy it. I didn't get in trouble. She did because she couldn't explain how she got her head in the banister. So family can be deceitful, but God's family is not deceitful. Every family lie on one another, but God's family doesn't. The difference with God's family and every family, why don't we have eternal life? Families can't do Except they become part of God's family. One of the most unique things I've learned about God's family is this that He would never leave us nor forsake us. Your family on this earth will forsake you because they can't be with you all the time. Number one, your earthly family can never be with you every day. They can't. It's impossible. But think about this. Most of us that say don't even sometimes realize that that scripture is really true. That God said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, and then I'll be with you to the end of the age, in the end of your life. But many people don't even realize that. Many people don't even really realize that's really true. And they run around, the enemy has them say, I'm someone, nobody, but God said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Now, wait a minute. But you can forsake him. You can leave him. This is why we got to check ourselves. This is why we got to check ourselves to make sure we're really walking with God because he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's not going to the bar with you. I've had people say, God goes wherever I go. I go to the bar, go to the whole house he goes. I see your life. God ain't going everywhere with you. He's not. He's not capable of that. God isn't capable of sin. He goes nowhere where sin is. Now, listen to this. Let's talk more about family again. God said, 
in his word, where sin abounds, the grace of God abounds much more. Yes, it does. God will send somebody to tell you that he cares for you and loves you and that you must be born again. But you got to be willing and obedient and accept what God say and allow God to save you for you to become part of God's family. It's a corny message, but it's the truth. It's a corny message, but it's the truth. You have to allow God to work with you. I have learned something that a lot of people, let's say when you sick, there's nobody around earthly people. One of the things when people get sick, they make the mistake and don't cooperate with themselves. You have to cooperate with yourself if you want to get better. If you know that you have a bad cold, you're not going outside when it's 50 below zero. You got to cooperate with yourself. You got to be able to say, no, I can't do that. I got to stay inside. Now I'm going to get sicker. You have to cooperate with yourself. Many people want us more to go to heaven. Have I talked about food people? Heaven is a wonderful place. But they don't cooperate with themselves. To become part of God's family, you first have to learn to cooperate with yourself. See, for God to love you, you got to love yourself. Even though God loves you, you got to love yourself and realize he loves what love is. That if you don't love yourself, how can you know what God love is? He just don't open a bottle and pour out his love on you and say, ooh, no, it don't work like that. It works in a way where we are willing. I used to, when I first got saved, I wanted to know everything about God. And for some reason, a lot of people are around that they know God. They went to church. Many relatives, everybody went to church. But nobody knew God. So I was a kid. And I wanted to know more about God. They went to prayer meeting. They had service. Uh, uh, my grandmother and them, the older women in the church, they used to have a, like a battle about who could sing the most, who could sing the best, who had the longest. They all kinds of silly stuff. So nobody had time to tell them. We went to church religiously, but we wasn't a part of God's family. We were only part of that religious organization's family. We wasn't part of his family. Salvation was never spoken from the past at all. It was just religious, doctrinal stuff that we were taught from the Bible. But when it came down to you must be born again, it was like a whole new world. You never heard that before. What does he mean? We'll be like Nicodemus, not knowing. This is why there's a difference between the earthly family and God's family. Earthly families fit with each other but so much. God family, this is different. We have God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, and the angels to work in our behalf. On earth, our earthly family members, if our mother's alive, uh, when we're younger, but when we're 60, 70 years old, our mother ain't doing much for us. We need to do something for that. So, therefore, they can't do much for us. We have brothers and sisters, if we're 60, 70 years old, they may be 70 and 80 years old, or they may be a little younger than us. They're not doing much for us. But listen to this. 
Heaven don't age. Heaven don't age. Yeah, I hear me. Heaven don't age. The family of God spiritually never ages. They are eternally. They live eternally. And what people want to do, they want eternal life. They want to go into what they call everlasting joy according to the scripture. But there's something about it. We must be willing to become part of God's family. We must be willing to separate ourselves and become part of God's family. The scripture tells us no man to come unto the Father except Jesus Christ draws them. That's how family grows with heaven. It comes through Jesus Christ. It doesn't come through religious organization. It comes through obedience to what God works at. Now, one more scripture to go with you. Let's go to Judges 6.15. Judges 6.15. Think about what God has. What do we want from God? Judges 6.15 tells us. Listen to this. It says, Judges 6.15, and he said unto him, Oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Let me read it again. And he said unto him, Oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. This is Gideon. This is Gideon. How many of y'all know the story of Gideon? Gideon was a man that God picked to fight a battle for Israel and to save them. But Israel was like a lot of us. I'm not capable. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. Now, to become God, part of God's family, we had to get rid of our excuses. We live in a world of excuses. Why we can't? But have you ever thought about why you can? That's important. We live in a world where we make us just and why we can't do this and why we can't do this and I won't be able to do that and so and so didn't do that. Have you ever noticed you're reading the newspaper or online, you hear somebody and this was the first person to ever do that. They didn't even let their excuses guide them. They went and did it even though nobody did it before. They got rid of their excuses. I can't do that. Nobody never done that. And this is Gideon. I'm the least of my father's house. I'm the first. Nobody's going to pay me no mind. But this is the Lord God of Israel talking to him. It's a difference. Who's talking to you? It's a difference. Who's working with you? It's a difference. Who's guiding you? That was a big difference. It was a huge difference. But Gideon yet said, David, Moses, name them, name them all. Everybody had excuses, including Bernard. Bernard even had, I ain't telling y'all my excuses. My excuses were, I'm an to myself. 
with a legitimate excuse. Somebody said, what is a legitimate excuse? Have you heard of Mickey Mouse? Well, when I was younger, my voice sounded totally like Mickey Mouse. And people used to tease me all the time. And God told me, I want you to preach the gospel. Who, me? Mickey Mouse? I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. Nobody, not, hey, what they could be making fun of me and throwing stuff at me? Mickey Mouse not doing that. You can can that. I, I it's just millions of people that are better than me. I would even pick somebody. That's right. That's a man. I, I, had, I had a brother-in-law, a great, oh, he was super duper. He had all the charisma and everybody run behind him. Yes, that's the guy you want, not me. Gideon said he was the least in his family, but God seen him as great in his family. Understand the difference with God's family and man's family. You may seem like the least in your family, but God sees you as great in his family. Get in for the man said, nobody's gonna tell me no more. My family is poor. We ain't got no duckies, man. We ain't got no money. You can't I'm gonna go to the king and tell him, listen. Oh, we got to go. No, 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 no. God, you got the wrong man. And this is what we do when it comes down to salvation. We'll find every excuse not to obey what God's word says. Because when we scared, when we afraid, when we're worried. But God told Gideon, this is what I want you to do. If God be for you, who for you could be against you? My pastor used to say something that was interesting. He said, you are your worst own enemy. You're your own worst enemy. People point the finger at them. You ever see somebody point the finger always point back at them? We're our own worst enemy. It's not the person that rooted against you. It's you, because you were saying what they said. You are your own worst enemy. It's not the person to say, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And you, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You scared to death now because you accepted it. You are your own worst enemy. A doctor said, Well, you're gonna die in six months. You came to that doctor fine, but when now that the doctor told you that, you're not ready to die. You're not ready to die. The doctor said, I'm gonna die. Oh my, and you drop your head and you drag it along. See, what's wrong? The doctor said, I'm gonna die in six months. I know the doctor told me, Are you saved? Yes. Do you think God can heal you? No, the doctor said, I'm gonna die. Well, what about God? Amen. Oh, I don't know. When you're part of God's family, He's interested in you, He's interested in your health. He's interested in your well-being. You know what God said? I am the Lord thy God that changeth not. I am the Lord thy God that don't make you sick. Sometimes people get sick in the family of God. That God might show his power and his capability of deliverance. People may get sick in the family of God, but God wants to show his power. Nobody can't tell me God can't heal. Nobody can't tell me God can't deliver. 
Yeah, I'm the last guy on earth who can tell me that. Oh, I got my hair needs in my hair. Oh, let's talk about my hair needs for a second. I'm supposed to be deaf. Is that correct, why? Then they say I can't hear, what is it, 10%? I just own 10% hearing. I'm not being supposed to be here at all. Hearing aids or no hearing aids. Now there's times I take my hearing aids out, but I don't want to hear my wife. I still hear her. Because God allows me to hear. Amen. He said, I don't know about God and hear and I made me sick. He's capable of doing the impossible. He's capable of transforming anything. Ah, but there's a secret to this. You have to want to be transformed. You want to be, you don't have to want to be touched by God's power. You want to have to want to be delivered by God's power. You have to want to be changed by God's power. You have to want God to do this. It's so interesting. We have to want God to do it, but we want to go to heaven, but you got to want God to do it. We want what God has, some of us. Because everybody don't know. Listen to this. People go to uh, uh, revivals when there's prophets and they're all prophesying. And, but they can't really tell you exactly what God has for you. It's true. Because the Bible says nobody knows exactly what God has for you. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. It hasn't entered into the heart of no man what God has prepared for you. He's prepared something for you that nobody knows. And the Bible also says, no good thing will I withhold from them that will walk uprightly before you. You should never beg God for nothing. You should never have to beg God for nothing. You should beg God. You, when we children, we beg our parents for stuff. Mommy, please, 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 please. And that's as we beg our mother and our father for stuff. But there's no way in God's word tell us to ever beg for anything. Absolutely nothing. I'm serious. Absolutely nothing. It's an ask what you will to be done unto you according to his will. It's an ask. It doesn't mean you're always going to get. He said ask. What you will be afraid to do that. Because we assume automatically God's going to say no. Oh, he's not going to hear me. Oh, he's not going to pay us so much. But he said, ask. You know one of the biggest problems with the family of God? We don't trust him. Right. We trust what we see. We trust what our eyes see and our ear hear. But what if you couldn't see? What if you couldn't hear? That's something to think about. What if you couldn't see? And what if you couldn't hear? And you only read Braille. That's what they call it, Braille, right? You read Braille. And it is said that you need $20,000 to keep your home. Ah. You can't see. And you can't hear. But you can read that Braille. When you're saved, blind, and deaf, you're going to trust God because you're not doing about what anybody says or says to you, but you can't hear them. You can't see them. People will talk about Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder being blind, but both men are geniuses. They're geniuses. 
They're both geniuses. But yet, mine. They do stuff we can. And of course, got more money than both. Money. They didn't let their sight deceive them because they couldn't see nothing. Watching the movie about Ray Charles blew me away. Because he had a blind man could tell if a woman was fat just by touching her arm. I was like, how could this be possible? And every time he could touch her skin and know if she was pretty. I'm like, this is impossible. That's why he was a genius. That's why he had all those kids. He didn't let his eyesight stop him. And this is how God tries to get us to receive our blessings from him. By simply not going by what we see and what we hear as the family of God. As the family of God, we are to be capable of receiving what he has. See, we don't focus on what other people have. Yes, yes. We don't focus on what somebody else has. Because the time you say spend and focus on your stuff, you can't get your stuff. And sometimes your stuff has a small window to a cave. Listen to me, folks. Your window may be a small time to receive it, and then God closed that door. Now we start for the next blessing, but guess what? That may be years down the road. It may be years down the road. You ever notice a person with a job? They do all kinds of stupidness and they get fired. And then it takes them years to get another job. And they're trying to get unemployment and they're trying to do this. And it takes them years to get another job, a good job. Wow. That window was open for that time for them to get that job and keep it. But what they decide to do, they decide to do their thing and mess up and rub out. Not thinking that window was closed already. They were in the job. They were in the blessing, but they missed it by messing up. God wants us to step into our blessing. God wants us to step into our deliverance. But some of them have no window. The family of God, we are blessed. The Bible says the window of heaven is open. And he'll pour you out a blessing. He'll pour out blessing. They will all bless. He says he'll bless you. They will be able to contain it. But you got a window to get it. Don't believe me? Jesus has said that we must be born again. Must. Listen to this. God said, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. The day. What day is that? When God sends somebody to tell you, you must be born again. God wants to bless your life. However, God knows we're human. And what he does, he said, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Not just for salvation. I want to bless you. I want to deliver you. I want to change things in your life. However, until you open the door, never gonna happen. The family of God actually operates like that. It doesn't operate like this on this earth. If you really think about something about family, they leave a will. Well, some decent family leaves a will or an insurance policy. And that's to help the kids keep going. The thing with heaven is. 
When Christ died on Calvary, everything was completed. There's nothing else to wait for. There's nothing else to hope for. Only you would have to receive. It's us. As the family of God, we receive what God has for us individually. All of us can obtain eternal life on the whole. But not all of us get the same thing because God has something specifically for each person. Okay. I know y'all know that song that that's saying everybody says, well, God done for Joel. He's going to do for you. Well, I'm telling you, that's a lie. It's impossible. Because God can't do the same thing for you he did for Joel because you don't know what Joel did. When did he get that? You have no idea what they did. You don't know if they went through cancer, leukemia. You don't know what happened. Their whole family could have died. You know. But this is taught. People are taught that what God done for all of you do for you. But that's not really what the scripture says. God has something for you. Put your name on it. Put your address on it. And a lot of times we don't get it because we don't reach out and accept it. God wants to bless us. God wants to deliver. God wants to heal. God wants to break yokes. But do we want it? Come on, folks, wake up. Do we really want God to move? Do we really want God to break yokes? Do we want God's power? Now, let's talk about God's power in that family. God has great power for his family. God is capable of using you to do dramatic things. And touch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's so many things that God wants to do for our lives. But we hold them back. Our fears, our doubts, our unbelief. But the thing about I like about God, He inhabits the phrases of His people. When we start praising God, it starts to cut away all the negativity. It starts to eat away the doubt and belief. When you ever notice when you praise God, you go to church and you stop clapping your hands, your mind will change. Your thoughts start changing when you stop praising the Lord and giving God glory. Yeah, when you start talking about God, your thoughts change. You no longer worry about this. You no longer worry about that. You stop praising God, you know people got healed that way. I know the story back in Brooklyn, uh, C.R. Johnson, Dr. C.R. Johnson was doing the Czech Revival, and uh, um, it was a storm. And the lightning struck the tank. The lights went out. There was people in this tent in wheelchairs, came hopping, and couldn't get around. When that lightning struck, he said, the lightning delivered the people. People got out of check, wheelchairs and ran. They were really running. They were really crippled. They got out of the eye. He said, he never seen nothing like that in his life. He said, I didn't have to pray for nobody. When that lightning struck the tent, everybody got out the tent, ran. They got that whole thing about it. Now listen to this. They didn't even know that they were going to walk in the wheelchair. That's something? They left the wheelchairs in there. They left the caves in there. Because when the night they shut the tank with big giant tanks, it was coming down. And they wasn't staying under that tank. You didn't hear nobody say, help me, help me, help me, help me. Can't no. Those people jumped out of those wheelchairs, threw those caves down, and ran. I'm not making this up. This really happened. This really happened. Those people jumped out of those wheelchairs and got up and run. They were, don't ever search the 
They were coming for prayer. I mean, they were going on ambulance and stuff so he could pray for them. He was well, he was well known. Amen. Lightning. God has a way. I always say this. God has a way that no man could go over. Go over because he loves his family. He wants us to be free. But our hands keep us from being free. Mostly when we're young, we're afraid of what people are going to say. Well, who cares what they're going to say? What are they doing for you anyway? What are they doing for you anyway? When you're old, what are they doing for you anyway? They don't even want to do it with you. I know an individual. He said, oh, I'm doing all this for my grandchildren. I said, oh, how are you? How are you? Oh, I've been doing them in a while. I told you they were going to be bothered with you. They want to stand for the young people. They want to be an old party. You're old party now. You can't get around no more. They ain't got time. They're going to find an excuse why not to come. Now, if they need some cash, man, boy, I need some money. They ain't got time. I'm sorry today. Why? Because they want to be around people moving around. You got to understand something about the family of God. An earthly family. We operate different. Earthly family does not operate the way the kingdom of God family operates. Remember I just told you the lightning struck. Everybody got out of there. Nobody was left. But wheelchairs and canes. It's funny. It sounds funny. It sounds unbelievable, but it really happened. Amen. Everybody was living. And Master Johnson was trying to figure this out. Wait a minute. All these people came in the wheelchairs. They were here. They, got, they were gone. The ambulance that they came in, all that, they were still there. Those people ran. They didn't walk. They didn't crawl. They ran. Why? Not just the lightning. They forgot the state they were in. Yeah, yeah. They forgot the state they were in. The state of their mind was the tent was coming out. I got to get out. I got to get out. God has a way to get you out. Yes, yes. When you don't want to get out, yes. when you yes. don't want to get out, you got a way to get you out. That's right. It's something to think about. God has a way to get you out of your chair. Uh, Y'all ain't hearing me. God has a way. You're not here today. Let's think about it. I was saying, uh, somebody said, Well, who's going to come to the service today? I don't know. Uh, I told some of my friends on Facebook, see, well, I don't know. God has a plan. Amen. And you're included. But don't believe me? Do you know all of us are perfect? Did you think? Every single body here, everybody listening to this broadcast, is purpose to do things. People are used by God a lot of times and don't know. That's what I like about God. God used people. Then you have people breaking their neck for God to use them. But God used people a lot of times without them even knowing. He just daily goes about his business and look after his family. Isn't that something? God goes about his business every single moment of the day yeah. and uses somebody to look after his family. That's something unique. And you don't know who they are. Remember, the scripture says that we are to entertain angels and they're aware, not knowing who God is using. Yes. With the family of God, there's always something going on good. Always. There's always something going on good 
in the family of God, not on earthly family. That's not so. We watch TV. Some of us watch TV family shows, and they have it all scripted. Where everything is always good. Daddy comes on. I think I forgot the name of the show. I make a joke about it about one of my relatives. He used to do the same thing with his wife. He said, "I don't know." He always said that. So I used to TV tease him and say, "Listen, you a TV character." Because he throws his hat on the top. Honey, I'm home. That was an I forgot the name of the TV show they had years and years ago. And they'll come home. <coughs> and the first thing he did, every single microphone, he throws it on the street and says, Honey, I'm home. So this individual of mine did the same thing. Yeah. But the funny thing about this is that was TV. The real life that came to an end. She said, Bye bye. There was no more, Honey, I'm home. That's how earthly family happens. TV families is make believe, but God's family is genuine. God's family is real, unshakable. Think about this unshakable, unmovable. Because we always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is something we need to understand about family. Do you want to be a part of most? When I say that, I want you to think about this. If you had a chance to be a part of some rich, famous movie star family, would you want to be a part of their family? And say, that's my relative. Would you want to remain part of the family of your earthly family you have? But some of them ain't worth much. Yeah. Ah. Door number three. The family of God, which is huge, unending, ever-growing, everlasting, everlasting. This is the thing about the family of God. You could be something related to some famous people down here, but it doesn't mean nothing. I'm related to a famous uh, basketball player, but he don't talk to us. I don't think he ever talked to us. He's a famous basketball player. He never gave me a dime, never wrote us. So... That doesn't make us any closer. That's because he's part of my family. What makes us close is when we're close with God, we become connect close with the people of God. They could go to any church, they could be any race, and we're still close to that person because they're part of the family of God. It's different than them. It's different than earthly family. Reason why I say that because. Most earthly families live in disagreement. Sometimes they can't agree on nothing and the contention be so bad they don't want to talk to each other no more. But you can't go to heaven that way. Heaven's family can't be that way. It can be no discomfort. It can't be none of that. You may go into eternity and you see people from 1 B.C. But they all have the same love. They may not know the way we live now, but when you go there, they all know God's love. Amen. Every single one. Everybody knows God's love. I try to get people to understand going to church, buildings, coming in a hall, there's a place to gather. And get together and rejoice. 
But being part of God's family is a personal thing. Where we walk with God personally. And God walks with us. And God talks with us and moves in our behalf. And he works with us. And then as we leave church services, we're really supposed to go show somebody else God's grace. We're really supposed to show somebody else God's grace. We're really supposed to go show who our father is. Most people don't even know God as a father. They only call God God. They don't know him as a father. But he's really a father to the father. He's really a father to everyone that knows him as their son as Savior. One of the things I've learned about God is this. He's a friend. He's, he's not only the author of salvation. He's a father. I used to, when I first got saved, I used to get upset with my brother. Because he was saved many years before me. And he always would call God Father. And he used to get on my nerves. I never heard nobody really call God Father. And he used to get on my nerves. He said, oh, Father said this, and Father said, and all. And I'm like, who are you talking about? And I just got saved. I only know about uh, uh, God. Get saved. He always, to this day, he calls God Father. And then as I begin to read and learn more about God, I come to realize that that's what he is. He's a father. He's a father to the fatherless. You know why? Because he said, come now, let us reason together. Let us sit down and let us reason about what's going on in your life and what you're doing in your life. He wants you to sit down and reason with us. And where are we going? Where are we headed? And what are we doing? That's what a father do. A father looks after his daughters to make sure they don't get messed over. He looks after his son, young son, so they don't get messed over. That's what a real father And that's how father God is. He looks after his children. Of course his children don't want to hear what he has to say. Not all the time. Because he's not always going to. Let me tell you something about God. He never say maybe, either yes or no. He never gives you a maybe. Uh, you might, I might let you do this. I might, no, God, God is a direct God. He's not like you. He don't play games with you. He don't play games with your head. He don't play head games. He's either going to tell you yes, or he's going to tell you no. He's not going to tell you maybe. You know why he don't tell you maybe? Because the devil gets in maybe. The devil gets in maybe to mess people up. Because he gives them something else when he say maybe. That's why God said yes or no. Yay and amen. That's how God operates. That's how God has always operated. Yes and no, never maybe. He don't study. He don't make a mistake. It's yes or no. Are we a part of the family of God? Being a part of the family of God is important. I want to leave that with y'all today. Being a part of the family of God is important. But the question is, are we maintaining our family relationship? It's really important. Maintaining our family relationship with God is very, very, very important. Some of us like to go to church and hear everybody preaching, jumping up and down and running around the church. And then you start jumping up and down and running around the church. But are we really maintaining the relationship with God, the Father? 
Are we truly walking as a child of God? Because people, everybody says, everybody say I'm a Christian. Everybody say I'm a Christian. Mass murderers are running around saying they're Christian. I'm a Christian. But I'm going to go kill everybody I see. Everybody's a Christian. Go to the prison. You're going to see the sections for the Christian, and you got Kazuyan of them. You got the section of the Muslim, you're going to see Kazuyan of them. But none of them are in the family of God. They just say they're Christian. Yeah. I'm a Christian. Being a Christian is a title, it's not eternal. So, what I want to say today before we close out is being a Christian holds no weight without eternal life. Without eternal life, being a Christian holds no weight. It holds no strength. It holds no nothing. It's just a title. You go around in some, some other country, they'll, they'll die over saying I'm a Christian, but don't know God. They will not serve him. They will not serve God. They will not repent of their sin, but they're a Christian. Who's Christian? Paul told them about being mentioned the word, mentioned Christians, and everybody ran crazy with it. Everybody is a Christian now. You say to me, are you a Christian? You know what applications you put down, they're going to ask you, are you Protestant? Are you Catholic? Or what are you a Christian? Are you a mother? They're going to ask you that. So some people, well, my mother used to check other. I think some applications, my mother used to check other. I said, why are they? I don't know if I know what I am. Uh, they check off Christian. It's like a badge. You put on your back and you walk around saying, I'm a Christian. But it has no eternal power. It has no redemption power. It offers no eternal life saying, I'm a Christian. The life of Christ is what makes the difference. Being a child of God and the family of God. Because we go to church and I was raised in church. And I was, I was raised in church. Everybody said they were Christians, but nobody was never saved. How could that possibly possible that they were never saved? So my, my thing today is, my thing today is, the life we live will speak for. The actions we do speak louder than anything else. Each day we walk and we live on this earth, we should be strengthening our walk with God. We should be learning more about God on how to walk with him, how to live with him, how to obey his word. And this is one of the things I see as a family of God. The reason why I'm talking about family because the Lord gave me the message of family before and I spoke about it before. And the thing about family is that he wants people to understand that as part of his family, we are to obey what his word says. We are to follow what his word says. And then one of the things about being a part of God's family, it's not a choice of, I don't want it. It's something you must do. This is why Jesus said, we must be born again. Not might be. Not hope we be. Jesus said, it's something that we must do. We must be born again. We must be right with God. Being born again means being right. Living right. Now, before I close and on the broadcast, 
Many people want to know God. Most people think know God is, as I said, going to church, reading your Bible, and even praying. That's not knowing God. Knowing God is, first of all, accepting Christ as personal Savior. Because anybody can read their Bible, in fact. My wife will tell you, you could go to college and learn Bible and literature, so anybody can learn the Bible. You could go to college and learn the Bible backward, forward, sideward, because it's like literature. Anybody can pray. They're the top praying. You say pray, they'll stop in the middle of the street and pray, some of them. Because prayer is a big thing. But it doesn't offer eternal life, but there's no salvation connected to it. That's the thing. The Bible says that everybody must be born again. Everybody must be saved. Everybody must come to Christ the same way. So today as the family, my thoughts is this. You must be born again. When Jesus said it, it's something to think about. When Jesus talked to Nicodemus, he looked at Nicodemus like he was crazy because Nicodemus was teaching people the scripture. And he had no clue what it meant to be born again. Yet, all through the book of Isaiah, it talks about Christ's coming. It talks about him dying on the cross. It talks about him healing the world. It talks about him saving the world. But Nicodemus didn't know this. So some of us go on religiously and don't know that Christ is actually a savior. We just do it religiously. So today, y'all that's watching this broadcast today, if there's anybody that don't know the Lord as your personal savior, let's pray as always say. Let's get right with God, but not just get right with God. Let's stay right with God. Let's get right with God and walk with God. Now, everybody standing. It'll take me a couple of services to really get comfortable here. So I'm like kind of jumping around, bubbling around. But I want to say this. Getting saved and staying saved is important. When we become part of God's family, it's important. When we surrender our lives to God, it's important. And one of the things when we do that, we come into God's family. And it's, it's really something big to be part of God's family. I'm trying to get people to understand it's really something big to be part of God's family. Because it's a time that you can go to him in prayer on your own. You can fellowship with him. You can commune with him on your own. So today, those that are watching the broadcast that would like to be saved, bow your head with me right now. And let's pray. And repeat a simple prayer with me. Right now. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life and save me right now. Sanctify me through your word. Give me to know that I have eternal life. 
Save me this moment. And I thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it, beloved. Listen to me. We'll be back here on Wednesday night for Bible study at 8.15 p.m. Live as always. I'll see you then. God bless. Amen.